0: But in the meantime, I'm going to be taking the A DH here. So get ready for some unapologetic pauses and a lot of fucking me just being dumb. So, boys, I hope you're ready for that because today our episode is all about my favorite, the heavyweights.
1: You are about to enter a great adventure.
0: What's up, guys? This is uh another fantastic episode of Strutting from Gorilla. This is episode number 22. We are one man shy of the full crew, the troop, but he is uh, handling some family business. Happy for him, and uh, look forward to the next time Mango lands back on the show. But in the meantime, I'm going to be taking the A chair, so get ready for some unapologetic pauses and a lot of fucking me just being dumb. So, boys, I hope you're ready for that, because today, our episode is all about my favorite, the heavyweights. And if anybody's been paying attention to us at all this whole week, they will know. On TikTok and on Twitter, we've put together some of our favorites leading up to the show. So there shouldn't be any surprises about who we're gonna be talking about today. But if there are any surprises, well there has to be at least one or two, right? Yeah, and I mean
2: the big thing is too, Bobby Stone, right, leader of men, if if people don't like our opinions, we say this all the time, you know, you they can go on Twitter at from underscore gorilla and let us know about it you know let us know about it yeah this is a big episode for us um we have the same handle on tiktok uh it's from underscore gorilla on tiktok and um you should check it out we got some good stuff on there and today i know we're talking about big men Uh, I know it's your, you know, Bobby Stone has the big man boner pretty much every time. There isn't a a week that goes by that Yokozuna doesn't get mentioned somehow, even in a Bret Hart podcast. Um, So, yeah, so it's true. All
0: right. So all things being equal, boys, today's episode, we're going to be going through an in-depth investigation into the biggest mystery of them all, right? That is the heavy weights. I got a question. Why the fuck are they so big? That's the question. That's the million dollar question. Uh,
1: Pituitary gland disorders.
0: (laughs)
2: Beautiful. (laughs) Usually
1: why they're so big.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is you get some that are like very big and can coordinate really well. Like, you know, you got the uh, like the the undertakers of the world. I mean, he's not the biggest big guy, but he's pretty agile. You got the Mm -hmm. canes. Right. But then you have the guys. Mike, I mean, there's some that are terrible. Right. Uh, yeah, we have our great colleagues. We have our giant
1: Hernandez's. You know, the, the, those guys tend to be the top of the bottom of the list.
0: Yeah. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Well, so there was one giant that was better than shoulders
1: many. above the rest. Is that what you would say?
0: That was. Not- uh, but I'm-, uh, hey. <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> So, um let's talk about him. Let's talk about the French fucking giant of just absolute amazingness. And that is Andre the Giant. A little so, little <laughs> little
2: <dinner>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good that that's that's fantastic. No, Andre the Giant. Like I don't know if you guys have seen the HBO documentary, which is now on, um, I think the, the network. network. But uh, it was pretty good. You know, I, he was a little bit. But we, we don't really talk about him a lot. Um, in in our I, we have. I mean, I know he was on your Mount Rushmore, mic and could have been on anybody's. Like it, it's fair. Uh, it's just I for uh, for me, I I never watched him. He was like right in that era before. Um, before I really started watching wrestling and, you know, you hear about him, you see the stories and, uh, what's great about Andre is that because he was so big at a time before, um, before there was the internet, you know, people would talk about him. They'd be like, have you seen this, like this Mastodon that walks through these different, uh, territories and he would go from territory to territory. Like he was an attraction at a lot of different places. Um, and he kind of is that guy, um, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong here, Mike or Bobby, but um, he's kind of that guy that, you know, I'm not going to say he was a, a much better wrestler than than um, Great Khali or anything. Like, he didn't do masterful moves, and he wasn't he wasn't super agile, but he knew how to work his big guy gimmick better than anybody else. Um, well, would you agree or disagree?
1: I I, I would ag- I would agree to a point because I do think that Andre is just leaps and bounds better wor- a, a better worker than Great Kali ever was or could ever wish to be, it, and so I wouldn't lump his in ring work with that necessarily. I think if you're watching some of his Andre's later stuff, which is like the late 80s into like the 90s, I mean his body was so broken down, he was so limited. That it makes sense why you'd almost think that. But if you I, I was able to watch during the course of my like research for this episode some of his early matches back in like the mid-70s. Surprisingly, the network has a ton of that. And and YouTube is a good resource as well. And I watched some of the matches he had with some of the guys that are on my kind of top five list. And the, the guy was much more agile than I think we give him credit for. You know, before his body really started breaking down. He had much better range of motion in the ring. He had really great stamina. He he was able to sell. Uh, you could see it. He was sort of like, he worked that big man gimmick, just like you said, Vio. I agree with you 100%. And part of that was being able to, uh, it's something they describe what Undertaker does, which is like selling on the run, which is like, he's not going to be like kind of a, a mid-sized guy that's going to be bouncing around, but he was able to sort of make it look like this smaller guy, this other wrestler was kind of breaking him down a little bit. And was giving him a little bit of a run for his money. Yeah. And I think they even talked about this in the HBO documentary. They did. But but the ability to sort of put a guy over without actually letting him win is an incredible skill to have. And I think, you know, they, they did a really great job of sort of protecting Andre's uh, like mystique. You know, he was almost mythological the way people spoke about him. Well, you know, it was a big. It, like his word of mouth was, you know, "Have you seen this giant? Have you seen this guy in the ring? He's just dominating these people." There's t- there's times in the '70s he's wrestling two or three guys at a time and just absolutely crushing them. Uh, yeah, I, I think if it wasn't for Andre, who I think is probably the best booked giant ever in wrestling, because I don't think any other any other of the guys that we list had good periods of time but overall we're never really booked the way Andre was and protected the way Andre was. I I think if it wasn't for him, you know, maybe we wouldn't have this list going on. We wouldn't be recording this episode.
2: Yeah. There's, I just want to add two things. I, I, we could honestly spend a full episode. I think we talked about this before Mm -hmm. on Andre. So I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but there's just two things that I want to cover Bobby before you, you give your thoughts. Um, First of all, Andre, the giant uh, rumor has it that he has the world record for the largest fart ever ripped. That was two minutes plus long during uh, his production of uh, the princess. Um, oh God, princess, what? Bride. princess bride. Yeah. Like two minutes long. Like I don't, first of all, you do like a 10 second one. That's impressive. Like a two minutes. That's, 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 that's legendary and mythological stuff. So I get that. Um, second thing is, uh, you know, the, the fact that Andre came along and he was this great talent, I think unfortunately makes Vince McMahon think that he can make every big guy, a big guy. You know what I'm trying to say? He thinks that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Oh, you're a big guy. I'm, you're, you're being used wrong. Cause I, I had Andre the giant and I knew what I was doing. And I don't know that he's really worked a lot of big guys since then as good as Andre. And I think a lot of it was mm-hmm. just Andre being Andre. Okay. And then the last thing I'll say is, This goes along with today, too. If you think about Andre's size, okay, and you look at the guys today that travel, back then, their accommodations were not as easy as they are today. And today, they're not easy. So, like, Andre getting on a plane, Andre going into restaurants – Andre going everywhere he was recognized and like I can only imagine like they talk about in the documentary the toll that that takes on you he has no time to breathe and when he does he has to you know go on an airplane and barely fit and he's traveling back then the schedule he's he's going international like think about that like being a big guy in in this type of industry it's not like you're you're catered to all that well so I think that led to a, a a lot of his um his issues in, in, in his later starts p- parts of his life with, with his health too.
0: So, Vito, one of the first things I'll mention, as you were talking about some of those really uncomforting commutes to whether he was going to Japan or flying from New York, you know, doing a show at Madison, next thing you know, he's flying in New York the next day or the two days after to start off those flights. Um, he would actually give himself an enema the night before because he couldn't fit into the bathroom. Yeah. Right? They, I mean, they, so- that's all.
2: Yeah. That's terrible. And they also told stories of how they, sometimes if he had to go in the, in the, uh, on the plane, they would literally have to, he'd have to go in a bucket and people would hold up a curtain, you know, because mm. he, he couldn't fit. No, so that's a fair point,
0: Bobby. So he knew that the eyes were on him and, at, at all times, like that was the beauty of it. Like he was, he probably is, I mean, you hear it, um, you know, Vince obviously speaks very highly of Andre. There's a reason for it. Right. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about on previous episodes is that wrestling is the modern day circus, right? Because it's yeah. the truth. It is, um, and this is, you know, a part of the, a part of the act. This is all a part of the, uh, part of the show where you have, you know, the bearded ladies or the fucking giants or whatever. But Andre, to Mike's point, was booked in such a way continuously that he was just. Fantastic in the ring on his early years. And then in the eighties, as his body was in fact breaking down, that's where Vince McMahon, uh, uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon started really promoting him. And that's where he took off in a new light, which no other wrestlers were doing. He opened up the door For the Hulk Hogan's, the Rocks, the John Cena's, to to take your wrestling career and amplify it into a completely different stratosphere um, and be recognized in multiple ways to market the company, to market yourself, you know. um, So he was marketed perfectly. um, And God damn it, he was seven foot uh 500 pounds i believe 7 yeah. foot 4 500 yeah and still growing realistically
2: like his body wasn't done like i i remember them talking about it in the documentary like yeah, it just kept it, getting bigger yeah and and that was half the problem right his heart kept growing and and like basically every part of his body kept growing yeah i i
1: would i would love for us to to be able one day to sit down with tim white who was really oh, close yeah. friends with andre because from from everything you hear from that documentary, it, it just sounds like it, Andre is really very much a tragedy in in the way that he just sort of resigned himself to the medical condition he had. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, later on, if you guys ever watched the Big Show documentary, he has the same he had the same pituitary gland issue that that Andre had, except he got treatment for it. and mm-hmm. And you just wonder what could have happened if Andre felt a bit more inclined to take care of himself that way. I, I think, I think, you know, really, then we see this with wrestlers all the time. One of the dangers of the whole life is the self medication. And, and I think for Andre, that was the beer and and the, the wine. I mean, you know, we talk about it and we kind of laugh, like he drank like so much, but yeah, really he was in so much pain all the time towards the end that it, it was just, it, it was a miserable existence for the guy to be living in. And, and Bobby, I, I, I think Part of what you're saying is true L- later on in the way, you know, he, he couldn't really perform much in the ring. So Vince tried to, I think, protect him as much as he could by, you know, just promoting the mystique of Andre the Giant exactly. rather than even having him in the matches. And it was scarce. But at, at the same time, like, you kind of look back on it. And even, even so, when you watch him in the ring, you think to yourself, wow, I, I kind of wonder if he should have he even been there. There's some matches that he has later on. I think there's one match with Jake, he wrestles Jake Roberts. And and if you watch, like Andre almost never leaves the ropes. He's sort of just (laughs) working himself around the ring. And it's like awful to watch, man. It's like sad to see somebody with that limited mobility. You know, we talk about the we talk about the Undertaker, right? And how (laughs) at the end we were like, why is he in the ring? I kind of felt that way watching that match. I was like, holy shit. Why, why, why was he there? You know? And I think that documentary sheds a little bit of light on that, that he felt pressured to do that. So despite Vince protecting him, I think there's a little bit more so happening where Vince also wanted to, you know, monetize having him out there. Of course. And I think that, that pushed Andre beyond some limits that it should have. That's just me.
2: No, you're
0: right. Uh, you know, one of the things that you you were talking about was Mystique, right? And how he, you know, he was protected and that, that mystique organically came to be. Um, you know, that was that was lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Well they figured out a way to do it twice. And that was we have a whole episode on The Undertaker and we could go into our, our top five. Yeah. Uh, guys are you good with jumping to the top five yeah
2: uh before we before we do that though i just want to ask you guys a question um like what is it about the big guys because here here's my issue right i i i am like you bobby stone i i feel like every guy that i enjoyed as a kid was always this larger than life personality and there's kind of two ways you can look at it right you have these big guys that are like really fat and huge, like Yokozuna, you have these giant guys that are like tall and, and, and huge and larger than life. They're almost like, I don't want to say this in a, in a bad way, but it's almost like a little bit of a freak show. Right. But what Mm -hmm. makes these guys even more unique is you have these guys in a ring, Performing athletic feats that you know they're not going to be in the NFL. They're not. They're not going to be in 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 you know MLB or in 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 the NBA. The problem I have with some of these big guys is sometimes the uh, and I think we will talk about this a little bit when we talk about our our top guys. But like the problem I have is that it's always the same thing, right? Like, and and that's what bugs me. Like Braun Strowman comes in. Big show comes in Kane comes in these guys. And it's the same gimmick where it's like, Oh, they're going to come in and squash these dudes. Like look at, look at Goldberg and look at Ryback. Are they big guys? Mm, Probably not by the standard that we're talking about today, but like, it's the same concept. And like for some, at some point they come in as this like unbeatable force And they like that, then all of a sudden they become human again. And then it's that tipping point that I think we really see who the guys can really go outside their comfort zone. Right. And, and so my question to you, I know that was a lot before I got to my question here, (laughs) but my question to you guys is like, what is it to you that, you know, categorizes a big guy? Is it like their, their, their persona? Is it their size? Is it their weight? Um, I mean, I guess, you know, we could talk about it when we talk about the top five, but like just off the top of your head, like what is it about them? To to me, the first thing that comes to mind is it's not
1: necessarily the personality because anybody could have a big personality. But, you, you know, Crash Holly had a big personality, but he's not a big guy. You know, don't but, don't tell him that. he weighed weighed 400 (laughs) pounds according to him well i I know i know trust me this is why i brought him up (laughs) but for me it it's common down to like stats so for me the the qualifications you know and and this is kind of like an estimate but for me it's like either your weight has got to be over you know 350 400 and or your height is over six foot six i think that's kind of for me what classifies traditionally as a big guy um That's, and and really, I I know it's like a boring answer, but that's kind of the way I looked at it.
0: So if you were to, if you were to look at the specs of a big fella, I, I like Mike kind of took the the six foot, six foot and above uh, as the benchmark on the height. And then the weight was anything 350 to 400 plus. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was, that was just strictly on the specs. Now, if you're asking me what I enjoyed about the big men, um, what I loved really was the guys who could in fact be the six foot eights, the six foot sevens, the three hundred pluses, and fucking move. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so some of the you know, football players, right? Some of the best football players. Don't get enough recognition because they're down in the trenches. You're talking about six foot eight linemen that move fucking mountains, right? But some of the ones, that as they've gotten better over the years, it's because they're quick and they can just fucking swallow quarterbacks and linemen at the same time. When you have paws coming over the line and just breaking somebody down, that to me. Like your, your core, whether it's, uh, I'm sorry, I went on a football tangent here, but your core at, at, at the beginning of the game really needs to be at that line. If you have a shit line, you're going to have a shit team, right? So in the circus, if you don't have the big men draw, you know, well, what else are you going to put out there? you could put out some of the best athletic guys out there who could put on some fantastic shows but there still needs to be another and this was this was Vince's edge the edge to Vince was how do I put these big guys over because I could put out some great wrestlers and then you know I mean, the times obviously shifted, and we've talked about the new generation mm-hmm. era and how how right. how the dynamic completely shifted. But during the during the seventies and eighties, it was just big guys kind of moving. But then you had like the Bob Backlands of the world, who was still fucking equally great, yeah. right? So, um, so I was long-winded, and I don't even know if I answered your. No, you kind of did. No, you did. No, you did. I, but I in think a way, that was a. Re-
2: I think that was a really good point though. Like I think um, when we go through this top five, which we can get to in a second here, I, I just, I think I think it's really unique. Like I, I mentioned this like tipping point, right. Where it's like, yeah, anyone can have this look. Okay. And we're going to talk about some not so top 10 big men that just didn't pan out, but there's reasons they didn't pan out. And I think you can look at each case and be a little bit different in how they, they worked out. But um, you know, I agree with you guys. I think it has to be someone that's a larger than life look um, that kind of, you know, has that almost like, I'm not going to call it superhero, but like circus look like where it's like, like an attraction. It's an
0: attraction. attraction.
2: That's That's exactly what it is. But then there are some guys that can take that to the next level rather than just be that attraction and be that name on a card and that draw. So um, I think we should, we should
0: get into into that. So I know we were talking top five, yeah. But our top fives are going to be the headliners of the card. So you've got your headliners, maybe. you've got your maybe. mid, maybe you got, got your mid card, and then then you've got the fucking jobbers, yeah. And, and that's that's kind of uh, I'd be very curious as to what we're talking about. The difference, like who gets missed. In, in our in our headliners because I know there's gonna be some big carters that are out there as well. So mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and this this list is not going to be definitive. I mean, there's going to no. be people we look over. That's just the way yeah. these things go. Because you know, there's people that personally I didn't really like, so they're not. They didn't
2: make my list. <laughs> so I, yeah. you know how opinionated and, I fucking am. I'm not if I don't yeah. really like someone. scroll. And bitch. let's let's be honest. Let's keep Andre off the list if you have him Absolutely. on there because I, I I I think you could you could I and I I think you could he could speak for himself. I think he's kind of that like echelon think, of big guys
1: he's, yeah he's definitely. someone where it's not subjective it's just objective he's yeah he's exactly. the giant. yeah yeah, yeah. agreed to, to me, agreed
2: agreed. Yeah. agreed agreed all right so let's do this let's do this who wants to go first who wants to go first i say we just name them and then we can kind of pick a couple to talk about afterwards so just name the okay. name the five you don't have to do it in any particular order Right, just name the five, and then we'll we'll go through and like maybe pick a couple. Maybe we might have some that are the same. Maybe we won't, and we'll go from there. I mean, I, I might as well just actually. No, I always start
0: us off. Someone else starts off. Yeah, like I I, like I want to close. You, know, it, you were... to go in the middle.
1: All right. So okay, here here we go. I'll, I'll give mine. Uh, my my top five are in no particular order: Bam Bam Bigelow, Big John Stud, One Man Gang. Ernie Ladd and this controversial one, Rikishi. Okay.
0: Fair. All right. Well, um, Vito, Vito, chew. Yep. Okay. I, I almost I'm, I'm really excited, but i am
2: gonna close <laughs> it. All right, that's fine. Okay, so mine, mine in no particular order here. Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader, The Big Show, Yokozuna, and Bruiser Brody is gonna be on there. And he's kind of a I don't know that he he's has a the big tweener. guy look, but I, w- I want to talk about him. So there's a reason why I have him on here. Um, so you so, just making up rules as you go along. To- no, no, he's, he's, he's on there. I just, you, if you're thinking of a big guy, he's not this big fat guy and he's not this giant yeah. seven foot foot guy, but he wrestles big. And that's, that's what I'm going to talk about. So. We'll All right.
0: it. So. uh, The list of my favorites. I'm sure the lead-in is not going to be a surprise to any. Yokozuna. Get out of here. No
2: way. What?
1: (laughs) Oh, shocker. I thought Um, for sure you were going to say Bastion Booger.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy, and Earthquake. Uh, Earthquake's a good one. Solid. Those would be my five. And then I do have a couple of honorable mentions. I'm taking the role of Vito today. That's fine. Uh, I'll Jack- allow it. Gorilla Monsoon, Hillbilly Jim, The Funkasaurus, Brotus Clay. The Funkadactyls. And, uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I thought this guy was just folklore, but apparently he was a wrestler as well. And that is Paul Bunyan, <laughs> uh,
1: aka the guy on the on the 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 brawny paper towels. That's
2: right. So those are. I mean, I, I really we only had a couple that were very similar. You know what I mean? Um, I want to pull out one to talk about first. Uh, again, I think we could have a whole episode on Yoko Zuna. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll get to him, but the one guy, and I, am going to tell you right now, he's going to be number one on my list as the big guy and that's Bam Bam Bigelow and he doesn't yeah. get enough credit, man. The guy wrestled in pretty much every promotion. Okay. I don't know how many times he was. I'll be honest. I don't know how many times he was champion in every promotion. He, I'm not sure he, he was ever world champion. champion. He did. He never won the WWF title. He won I WCW know. though. And ECW, I'm pretty sure. We'll hold on regardless. Yeah. You can look that up, but let me, let me talk about what, what I, why I like this guy. Okay. This guy, okay. Was as agile as they get for a big man. Um, He, this guy could do pretty much everything. He had that nasty freaking look, the bald head with the tattoos over his uh, over, over on his skull. Um, I just, Dude, I, he wrestled like a big guy. He wrestled. He had the look of a big guy and wrestled with a, a small guy persona. Unfortunately, you know, he passed away early as well. Like a lot of these bigger guys have have had the tragedy of doing. But uh, yeah, I I, I think he, he's my number one and he's probably underrated as the number one. But I, I can't
1: believe that I agree with you. I I actually loved Bam Bam Bigelow. I I I thought he was like you just said. I thought he was like really he's criminally underrated yeah. because he was a guy that could work big and also work small. Like he was yeah. he was really agile and it's I was actually just watching his ECW matches with Taz this morning and it, <laughs> they're they're so great. I mean yeah. they're they're sloppy as fuck but that's like a ECW match in general. Yeah. But like they had great chemistry together and it just showed, and this is in 1998 towards the tail end of Bam Bam's career. And he's still working some, he was working with sort of a hardcore classic. I thought it was really cool. And, yeah, and he was on WrestleMania of, with, um, well, LT, Did he face LT? Yeah. He wrestled Lawrence okay. Taylor and it's actually yeah. a good match. I, I was, I hadn't revisited that match in years and then I watched it again and I was pleasantly surprised for him and LT, by the way. Um, and to follow up on your championship stats here, video, Vito, um, he never won the championship in WWF. He never won a damn thing. He won a Slammy Award, and he yeah. won, he won Best Head. 1987,
2: Dean <laughs> and I have no idea what that means. I don't really want to
1: like, know. And hey, I,
2: listen, as a bald guy, he's got a good dome. Like you know, you can't. Not every bald he, guy can pull off the look. And he's
1: he got won dome. the WCW Hardcore Championship, and he won the WCW Tag Team Championships. Not. He won that twice, but he's never really won anything else. He he. So he was a one-time ECW champion. I knew he won he was the World an Television and the World Heavyweight Championship.
0: Yeah, I knew he was ECW. So there was another uh, we actually do you remember the Lance by Chance? Yes. World World Class Championship Wrestling? Yes. Bam Bam held their television title. Ah uh, that is true. Okay. Yep. It is here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack us for a second, only for one major reason. One, did any of us have Vader on our list? Yeah, I had Vader. And
2: okay. So so here's the thing about Vader. Uh, I'm actually reading. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. I just, asked, right. A I right.
0: just asked a question. All right. I, I wanted was- to
2: give a plug here to the to Kenny Casanova, who wrote the book, who's also friends with our Lance by Chance author, Vinny Berry. That's all. It's Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, There was was a reason why I was asking about Vader, because for as many, you know, kind of moonsaults that Bam Bam did, Vader did it better.
2: I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you on that. Because Vader, and I would what is the weight? Let's go to Bobby Stone Excel sheet here. I'd like to know the height and weight of both Bam Bam Bigelow and um and Vader. Vader's 6'5, 450 and Bam Bam 6'4, four, 400. Okay. Now are these legit stats or are these like um the crash hall WWE stats. stats. Yeah. So cause I in my in like, you know, if I'm doing the litmus look test. I feel like Bam Bam Bigelow was a bigger guy, but that's
0: just me. I, maybe I'm wrong. So um, no, he was was surprisingly, he was surprisingly, you know, he was a big guy. No, no doubt about it, but he was, and that's where the agility kicked in. And that, that's why to me, Vader was just a little more uh, surprisingly athletic. Um, You know, I, I, I loved them both. um, And, and, You know, this can be kind of that tail-of-the-tape type thing. I loved Bam Bam. Um, You know, the simple fact that he took a Flintstone character and gave it fire. was fucking fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, it was one of the... He was actually with Vader uh, as a tag team title holder. uh, IWGP. What that would be a fuck?
2: fantastic in Japan, fantastic uh tag team? Like, so, that tag team would be unreal.
0: So, that I, was uh, back in '92,
2: yeah. And I think they wrestled each other
1: in Japan, yeah. I could see that. I, I, I think I'm, I can I'm that. looking it up now, and I think it's like in '80, 1988, or something like that. So, it was probably a good match.
0: So, this was from '92 to uh, from March '92 to um, June '92. Uh, they were tag team champions together. So, um, I mean, that's a really good comparison though. I mean,
2: I, I would put those two in the same exact category though. Like, I just think they're both big guys that were super, super agile.
0: I loved them both. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I just had to play the other side because both you, both you went one way. I loved them both, man. They were, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. no, I I do. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Bam Bam had a great, match with Bret Hart. That's all I wanted to, to get up. No, good. In, in in the King of the Ring. Go ahead, Mikey.
1: I was going to talk about Vader for a second because I think we were mm-hmm. we've been texting about this before the, the episode. And I I I think we were sort of trying to figure out if any of us was shitting on Vader at one point or another in a previous episode. <laughs> I think we were talking about Hall of Fame. And and I do it, it's not that I don't think Vader's a Hall of Famer. I just think his WWF run was like kind of bad. I just, yeah, he's a mid like for all sure. Of his I, stuff, all of his stuff, up until then was really mm-hmm. good. Like you could watch like he has um, there's a series of matches that he had with Sting in WCW. And it, 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 there's a there, there's a wrestling podcast out there called Worker Wrestling by Tim Kale and I would recommend you check that out because in that episode he sort of gives like a deep dive into the that sort of rivalry and looking at just how great those matches were between Vader and and sting in general but but I think that's just a, an example of Vader being very good in the ring and uh, obviously his matches with cactus jack too and and all of the 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 stuff that Vader did in Japan I mean hell he got his eye knocked out out, out of saga and put it back in I mean this dude was a badass it just so happened that he had like a shoulder injury and then he was like getting told he was coming back earlier and he didn't have time to recover so I mean, he was working with a bum shoulder the whole time. So, uh, you know, I, I don't completely blame him too much for it.
2: You guys really need to check out that book. I know that's kind of going to be on our list, but that Vader book is pretty good. So I I was I was lukewarm on Vader before, um, to be honest with you. I mean, I always thought he was a good big guy. I just never thought he was the greatest wrestler of all time. Like that's just my opinion. But like the more I thought about it and like I've read this book, I'm I'm kind of at the stages, early stages of his of his life and beginning mm-hmm. of his wrestling career. Um it's very interesting though. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend more time on it cause I think we can do this another time. Uh, but, uh, there's one thing that, that parallels with, with our Lance von Eric talk. Okay. And, um, Vinny did a fantastic job kind of explaining the, the world-class championship wrestling. Um, and if it, this book also talks about that too, because the one Key component that I see in this is Bruiser Brody. So I want to just touch on this real quick and then we can get into some of your guys. But like, I want to talk about Vader. You want to keep going with Vader? Okay, we can keep going with Vader. That's
1: Uh, fine. Do you want to talk about him wrestling Mr. Feeney on Boy Meets World? Because yeah, that's a a great point, actually. Uh,
0: Yeah, he was Frankie's um, dad. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely. Ready to ready to talk about Bruiser Brady as well, because I think to your point, Vito, there's gonna be some really great groundwork to lay in. But I do wanna get one thing out before we 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 shoot out uh Shu Fader out because he was completely underutilized in in the WWF. Um it was quite frankly a goddamn shame, and that is because of your buddy on the other side, Vito, with Shawn Michaels. You know the guy didn't want to apparently wash his tights or whatever some other bullshit yeah. whatever. Vader was phenomenal. Uh, I'm not in thinking WCW, and, and, and oh no no in WCW he was he was fantastic. So I'm champion. That Halloween Havoc match with Cactus Jack I've brought up before because yeah. I think it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. I don't know why it it just it always it always rang out to me, but Vader is the very first big man to do a moonsault. Very first. And that's why anybody else doing some funky shit from the top rope after that, you know, it's it's because this man had balls to do it. Yeah. So I want to talk about the Mastodon mask that he came up with in WCW, because mm-hmm. this thing was legit fire. It spit out smoke, for Christ's sakes. It was, it was scary cool, but there was a whole story behind it where um, it, it's because of a samurai tale where the whole Masked On mask was named after this samurai story where two soldiers would go out in dispute, go to an island, and then fight each other to death, and only one would come back. And that was, you know, a little more of his uh, Japan you know, New Japan foundation. And his, yeah. Yeah. That mask right there, Vito is, is, is just straight, straight fire. Like I can't wait. I'll, I'll be reading that book with you uh, for sure. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, so as you, uh, I wanted to tell that part of the story first. So Vito, laid out with bruiser Brody. Yeah.
2: So here's the thing, like the one thing you don't know about Vader. And again, we, I I think we can do a podcast on him too, but Mm -hmm. the book is really good. So Vader was a, a huge football guy and, um, you know, he got screwed in college. He had a knee injury and they gave him a cortisone shot, which they weren't supposed to do into his tendon. And he blew out his knee, got a shot in the NFL. And it just, he was, he was in the super bowl and his first start ever, um, but lost, I think he was on the Rams. And, um, ended up like obviously somehow magically getting into wrestling. Like everyone else, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. He didn't have connections and started out very green. And he, his, the guy that they, the the guys in the locker room didn't like him. Same, same concept. This guy is an outsider. He's a football Mm -hmm. star. People knew who he was. They may not be number one star, but he came across as this green guy that was getting a push and old school, Wrestlers that are scraping to get money didn't like it. They're they're taking his spot. And he wasn't great at the beginning. So they was they used to no one would wrestle with them. And so the promoter really wanted to push him. So they threw him in with Bruiser Brody. Now go back to the Lance by Chance book. And Bruiser Brody was the guy there. And he had this mentality of like, I don't really give a shit about you. And actually, Bruiser Brody and Vader got in a huge scuffle day one day one when you read the book you'll read all about it but um vader used to get the absolute shit kicked out of him he would come home and have to wrestle and they put him on the card with bruiser brody on a daily basis and he was as stiff as could be with vader because vader was stiff back at him because he was so green and Vader would t- literally say he's like I would ice up every single every single day. There was a point where Vader was in a main event um at a, a big I can't remember the show and he was going against Bruiser Brady uh, Brody and he, he Vader was starting to gain momentum at this point and he was having a baby and he was literally in the emergency room in his in his gear to go to this show, and the promoters calling him saying, I need you here. I need you here. They finally had the baby. He's had no sleep. He gets into the arena, and at this point, he's gaining a little bit of respect, but not much. And Bruiser, he goes to Bruiser, he's like, Hey, I got a match with you tonight. I'm going to tell you, I got to go home. I got to hold my baby. Like, can we please go a little bit easy on me today? And Bruiser's like, No problem. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And then what does he do? Beats the ever-living shit out of him. So my my point with this story is, like we talk about this all the time, that stuff does not happen today. And you can agree with it or disagree with it, but it created a, a time of wrestlers that I think we all respect because they have that respect factor for each other. So Bruiser Brody, I think, is a key to a lot of these wrestlers at that time. Because he was so well respected, he had great psychology in the ring, um, all these different things, and like I, I just I, I want to point that out um, because I think he ha- has the key to. And I, again, I, I, there might be other wrestlers out there too that have that same that same um, that same story with Bruiser Brody. But he was a big guy, and and he beat he was stiff as shit, and he beat the shit out of someone, and it it turned them into to better wrestlers. But then he would also if if you took that beating he had respect for you. (laughs) And then he would tell you like, I'll make you look good, but like, you gotta, you gotta show me the respect, especially being someone who hasn't really earned their dues in the wrestling world. That was getting a push.
0: Well,
1: that's, I I mean, I think that's probably, I, I I think what you're touching on is also a topic for another one of our podcasts. At some point, we started talking about the culture back then, but as far as Brody's concerned, he's had a massive influence on the business. And, and I think, People should w- check out his Dark Side of the Ring episode because I think it sheds more light on Brody the person than not necessarily Brody, just the businessman and, like you mentioned, kind of the asshole backstage. <laughs> that's basically, people. what he was. he was essentially yeah. he was essentially like the
2: gatekeeper at the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, like very, very
1: much. I think in line with in in I think a, a less violent way, like the Undertaker, sort of the locker room guy that you that you got to get some respect from if you are going to make it in that company. So with wherever Brody was at the time, whether it was world-class or Japan, I think he held that he was held in that kind of regard. And uh, yeah, I, I actually, I think Brody is in uh, for me, like an honorable mention because like he's not traditionally what we would consider a giant, but big guy agile as fuck. He was great. He was able to be brutal when he needed to be, he could work big. It was, he was a, I I think a, a complete package.
0: I mean, six, eight, 300 pounds. It hits the specs on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, he, was he, he really 6'8"? The- eight?
2: That's the question. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So we're we we're, we're approaching. Uh, we're approaching time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're we're certainly not there yet, but there's still uh, a couple of things that we we wanted to wanted to yeah, cover. Let's, let's- Let's move along to some of the other guys you
2: mentioned too. Like, I, let's let's quickly like one minute synopsis on some of these people here. You know, like I mean, Yoko Zuna, I know is a big one for you, Bobby. So give it. Let's give it some time. Yeah. Talk about your man
0: Yoko. Like I think we I, need to I, give I, him his due. Well,
1: this won't be a minute. <laughs> well,
0: well, that's just it. I mean, we were talking about doing a different show. Uh, we we were talking about maybe even giving him his own show. So. We can't. Yeah, I definitely think uh, we should. Uh, but I think I, you need
2: to talk about him on here too. Like you you have so much uh passion for that, man. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I so I there's a there's a reason for it, man. The the guy was um honestly one of the most agile big men that ever hit that stage. He he truly was. He he was quick. Um, he wasn't always 500 pounds for Christ's sakes he he got he built up to that point um in his earlier years gentlemen if you haven't watched it yet watch the icon documentary of fantastic. yoko it I is I really good T- top years to bottom yeah it's top to bottom fantastic and also sad uh I yeah. mean you know every story is different. Uh, but this this certainly was uh, pretty sad. But during the during the key con- times of the the new generation era, um, he was a body slammed on the USS Intrepid by Lex Luger. I know we've talked about that a couple of times.
1: Who could forget?
0: But uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Lex Luger. What what was the phrase that you used? Beat the bag out of him <laughs> oh, in <the> US, that's <laughs> intrepid. I, I think I also uh, uh, hinted at the fact that he probably sniffed the line before he, yeah. he got off that helicopter as well so uh, and I stand by that statement that man looks all sorts of jacked up yeah. but um, easily one of the coolest finishers that ever came out was the bonsai drop <laughs> because that was, so Earthquake did something similar in the middle of the ring but I loved how he would just give you a super kick or, yeah. or, that, or that belly-to-belly suplex and then drag your deformed fucking body to the end as if you weren't dead enough. He was going to go to the middle rope and just drop right on you, right? And in the search of trying to get to that absolute finisher, if you recall, and Mikey, you brought him up. His cousin, Rikishi Fatu, mm-hmm. uh, he actually came up with the bonsai drop for Yoko, so it was just a little, you know, it was it was it was pretty awesome that right. Rikishi ended up doing it as well.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, He had every big. right to. He kind of created it, and Yoko just kind of made it popular. You know, he sort of really made it a, kind of into wrestling folklore
2: now. Yeah. And he was such a big influence on other people, not even like just his big man size, but he was just like a good dude backstage. That documentary shed a lot of light on things that you didn't know about with Yokozuna. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he just did a great job. He did. He was like really the first big guy to be able to, to carry the torch of, uh, the, the WWF championship. And, and really like, I mean, do it well. Like he was a, it's not often you get a big, big heel guy, that can pull off what he did. So I agree with all of you on that one. And I think we could probably leave it there. And,
0: and like, like I said, we could have a whole episode on go-to. Right. Go mm-hmm. Like we really could. Without a doubt. And that's where. So we're gonna take the non sumo wrestler, right? And mix him with the actual sumo wrestler. Yep. Earthquake. Yep. Earthquake was a uh in, in the mid eighties. Um awesome natural disaster. A, a, a fantastic, well, not only was he natural disaster prior to that, he was, in fact, a sumo wrestler in Japan from 85 to 87 and did a little bit of damage out there as well. Yeah. Um, and then he went to all Japan. And then, I mean, I want to give you one quick stat. He was yeah. born at 11 pounds, 3 ounces. This man was destined to be fucking massive, right? That's big. But then there was the smaller one with him, too. <laughs> Typhoon. Yeah. Who's 6'3 yeah. three and 384. He was also Tugboat, <laughs> the <right>? smaller one. <laughs> he was also Tugboat, Tugboat, right? yep.
2: Yeah. So the funny thing about about um, about Earthquake is uh, he was – his name was John Tenta, right? I believe John Tenta. He was part of the oddities. I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but if you think about the oddities, uh, you know, they came out to the ICP song, Kurgan, Luna, yep. Yep. whatever. He was – Golga with the, the mask on the guy that came up. With that, Mark was him. that was him. He lost weight. He was over in Japan, came back and lost weight. And, uh, or no, WCW didn't like what they were doing with him in WCW and came back. And then that was his kind of last run there. And I, I didn't think like him
0: as the shark though, whatever that shark thing was, that was fucking terrible too. No,
2: I mean, I mean that, that gimmick would never go over today. It just never would go over today, but he, he was a great wrestler. I, Loved earthquake, loved natural disasters. high high five for them.
0: Yeah. Mikey, talk about Big John Studd real quick.
2: Uh,
1: i so i I was watching the documentary Giants on the network, and they just sort of go through several of the big men in mainly wWF history. And they mentioned Big John Stud and he was just like he just decided he wanted to get into wrestling. He just started. You know, he wanted to be a big guy and he was just like loading up on food, getting like putting on mass. Like the the dude, like basically was like taking a page out of Max book from Always Sunny. You know, he was just like cultivating mass because he just <laughs> wanted to be a big guy. Yeah. And he was I, I thought it, I, I never had too much of an exposure to any of his matches outside of that WrestleMania match against Andre. It was like the body slam match for money. But I started watching some of his other stuff and like some of his earlier matches, and I'm just looking at it for reference. So there's there's a really cool match with him. It's it's him in a tag team match, um, with him King Kong Bundy versus Tony Atlas and Andre, and it's from a Saturday Night Main Event uh, back in '85. It was dude, dumb, that's like a—that's almost
2: a ton. That's almost a ton. Yes,
1: like, it's a literal a ton. Like, weight of. Think like, of all the giants in that ring. Like, <laughs> that's really almost, I don't know. I it's, don't know how the ring
0: didn't fuck I, I, I don't
1: oh, know, I know either. I don't know either. It, it really calls into question how the Big Show and Brock Lesnar broke the ring. But that's a story for another day. So this this match actually was surprisingly good. I mean, also I think Tony Atlas needs to be up there too. I mean, he's kind of another honorable mention as like a bigger dude. Um shit i mean it, i'm i'm kind of going off on a tangent myself but now i'm thinking of other honorable mentions like even rocky johnson he was a big guy uh yeah, right. but anyway this match definitely check it out it's really cool to see them you know this was also it's 1985 andre still has a little bit of mobility here and he uses it pretty well but but really big john stud is kind of the I, I think the standout of this match him and tony atlas especially uh just seeing the athleticism that guy had but again, for me, I, my qualifications for a big guy and the, the things that I look for are the ability to sort of simultaneously be able to work big, but have some athleticism to you. And And I think you from the list that I had, you could see that a lot of those guys had that because I would throw one man gang in that, too. I mean, yeah, I was just watching some of his older stuff and God, he has he has a couple matches with Bam Bam Bigelow. He fights him at WrestleMania four. He has a match with Macho Man later on that night, and it's a really good match. Um, he has a match uh, against Brody. Uh, it, it was a tag match with with One Man Gang and <laughs> Maniac Mark Lewin, which we don't need to even mention that guy. But <laughs> it was like from world the world class days, and and him and Brody fight it out, and it's it's really cool to see. So uh, I'm getting too excited, and I think I'm going off on a tangent. But bottom, no, mind, that's but, good. Who
2: was the other one you had on there? there? You had one other one that I. Um, oh Ernie
1: Ladd. So Ernie Ladd, I I became fascinated with watching that documentary as well. And you know, there's there was a lot that kind of uh, I think influenced his character. Uh he did so Ernie Ladd actually did come from the NFL. He played 8 years. Yep. And yeah. uh, I think he played for like the Chargers, the Oilers, and I think maybe the Chiefs before he he ended up in pro wrestling. And he he was really great at being a heel. I mean, he he talks about in his matches that, you know, uh, and obviously like kind of using like sort of the racial undertones and a lot of the racial tensions to sort of get heat, you know, he would say like people were sort of dropping end bombs on him and stuff. And he was like, that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted them to get angry with me. And like, obviously, you know, you think about how that might've resulted, how that would play out today. But you know, at, at that time, I think for him, he was like, that's the sign that I'm, I'm a good heel. And yeah. he worked some wild matches. I was, I, I couldn't find so much on the network, but. If people search on YouTube, there's a really good match from uh, 19. These are all like in the 70s. But he had a, a match at MSG with him against Bruno Sammartino. That was really good. I mean, you know, Bruno worked like a big guy, too. But th- those guys worked really well together. Um, also, a match in 76. Ernie Ladd fought Andre. And talk about old, you know, younger Andre. Both of those guys were in like their early 30s at the time. This so it's really cool to watch that match and and I would recommend people check it out. Just if you want to see Andre sort of more in his prime and and Ernie Ladd as well. And uh also Ernie Ladd versus Dusty Rhodes. I mean, can't can't go wrong working uh the American dream baby.
2: <laughs> no, those are those are good, man. Uh I, I listen, I know we're we're short on time. Before we get to our not top ten, right? Um <laughs> we can briefly mention them there's one guy well there's two right but one that i want to talk about a little bit that bobby mentioned on his that we have to talk about he's like an essential quintessential big guy king kong bundy right before we mm-hmm. before we talk about him there is one guy that i want to mention he has to be mentioned on here king mabel viscera very like an enigma like you don't know much about the guy but he was about his big as they get as agile as they get didn't do much kind of was always a mid Carter um, but had this weird look the big guy look to him and uh, he was he was good too but King Kong Bundy King Kong Bundy Bob Bobby give us give us a little bit about him real quick
0: so what I loved about King Kong Bundy is the fact that he was he let his presence be the the uh, the end all, right? So he only wore just a single black, uh, a, a black singlet, right? So there wasn't anything flashy about him. He let the presence kind of be there. He would take, he would l- make referees count to five after he beat the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't your traditional three count. So that five count was kind of his shtick. Um, and off topic, but within topic, He's the reason why the Bundys from Married with Children are, in fact, the Bundys. So um, the wrestler uh, or the writers there loved love them some wrestling. So uh, that is how Al Bundy is, in effect, King Kong Bundy's uh, you know cousin from another mother. So yeah, that's fun. Um, So yeah, I mean, I enjoyed him. Um, he had some pretty cool promos. He he was he was fresh with Vince all the time. Um, you know, he, he was you know a part of you know another big man that we were talking about. And honestly, you know, Hogan Hogan he may not necessarily be a, uh, Chinese, he's a big guy. He's a big fucking dude, but um, he gets accolades for for other stuff too. So I think like yeah. you know, with him,
2: it's you mention him on here again. We well, I think he'll have his own show. You know, I mean? like, and
0: and I'm so perfectly much. content with that. But they had some good matches. And oh, I absolutely. think giant versus giant, like, you know, those those are pretty cool. So um I, I think somebody that needs to be quickly mentioned um is Gorilla Monsoon. You you yeah. can't have starting from Gorilla without the Gorilla <laughs> position without our guy. Without Gorilla yep. Monsoon. So um, you know, he was uh he, he, he was I looked at some tape on him. He manhandled people, just absolutely mm-hmm destroyed people and at that point in time it wasn't much so much the the gimmick it was more of the presence um so big up to gorilla monsoon all right yeah
2: no those are all good i think just like to go without talking about them some people that we didn't hit on that i'm sure people on Twitter will will yell at us and we could go on and on and on uh but uh psycho Sid definitely a good one uh, for different reasons
0: uh, Kevin Nash, Diesel. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't really talk can, about. Can I tell here. you a quick factoid that I sure thought can. was fantastic? Yeah. yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Yeah, he was the shredder. Yeah, yeah. he was super yeah. shredder. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, I knew that. You would never
2: know just because of he had the mask on and everything. But yeah, he he was. Hmm. Um. So you had him. Um, you know, we, we mentioned the big show, but I think we, again, I think we could lump him into a show on his own because he was like the second coming of Andre. And there's so much that goes behind the big show. Like he's been doing it forever and could be one of the best big guys to do it because he's been doing it for so long at the size that he is mm-hmm. and some of the athleticism that he has. So we could go on and on with him. Um, and we had, you Mark know, Mark Henry, Henry we, Mark Henry, we didn't talk about, um, Kamala, uh i'm just trying to to name a few I, yeah, and even the, some of the new guys like we we didn't really touch on braun, big boss man great great big guy um we didn't really talk about lance um, archer yeah lance archer dude. yeah huge dude we did braun Strowman, like he has all the potential in the world kind of on that same same thing as um big show uh you know abyss we didn't talk about uh, Umaga. Umaga was a good one, similar to mm-hmm. like a Rikishi. Yeah. Um, so, I, and listen, there are probably hey, more that we missed.
0: Fito, what about your ECW
2: guy, Abdul the Butcher? Abdul the Butcher. You know, he is—he's uh, mentioned a lot in, in in this too. He is a vicious motherfucker. He is a vicious motherfucker.
0: He—he but- he doesn't necessarily get the get the height of, uh, of the other guys. He was only six one, but the dude was just big and could kick your fucking ass. Oh <laughs> yeah, <was> brutal. <laughs>
2: All right. So let's let's end it here um, let, real quickly. Let's go through our, our not so top 10. Mikey Cash, lead us off a little bit here. Uh, OK, so well, one of the guys
1: in my not top 10 is Brodus Clay, a.k.a. Funkasaurus, a.k.a. Bobby Stone's honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> but And I'm sorry, Bobby, to go
2: against you, but I just thought he was fucking terrible. That's fair. I, I liked him. I'm more on the Bobby Stone side here, but uh, we'll, we'll take that. Bobby, give us, give us yours. Give us your not. So top 10.
0: All right. Well, I know we're not going to be able to debate this, but I'm going to debate you for a quick second. Uh, Brotus Clay was completely underutilized. The, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was another one of those Vince couldn't deliver uh, on, on what could have been a, a, a good talent. He was quick enough. He was agile enough. Uh-huh. Um, but his gimmick just because it was that gimmick, he had to play it up. And it just I know they have a little more creative input on it now, but I thought there was more there than than what, what was let on. But uh my my not so top ten uh would include fucking giant Gonzalez to, to be number one. Adam Baum uh is another not, not so not so top ten. Um and who was my third one on the list? It was probably uh, Nathan um, Jones. <laughs> no, 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 it's not it, real. <laughs> it was, it was Bastion Oh, of course, Bastian. Hay- yeah, and Haystacks Calhoun. Those were those were the other two that I needed to make sure got the. Oh, okay, all right. Dishonorable mentions. Fair. Uh, wow, Bastion okay. Booger's an easy one. Probably yeah. the
2: worst gimmick of all time. Maybe maybe besides the shocker, which could be a not top ten because he was a big it's guy. Also, also yeah. True. Um, mine is Kurgan. Kurgan. You mm-hmm. know, Kurgan the Destroyer. I uh, did yep. not like Kurgan. Thought he was stiff, couldn't wrestle, was a big guy, and actually has been in some good movies. Uh, took his career to a different level. He's He was in um, The 100. Uh, he was in there. Yep. He, he well, he was as one of the monsters in there for a little bit. Uh, check it out. What? Yeah, he's like been a in a CW few. W show the one hundred, or do you no, mean the, like a different movie? No, the movie. You mean, mean three oh hundred? Oh, three hundred. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got it confused. <laughs> yeah, you're right. My bad. My bad. He's My just
0: bad. keeping at one hundred and telling me yeah. to watch the three hundred. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this, is, this, is
1: this is a classic yeah. veto move. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa vintage right. Vito. All
0: right, whatever.
2: Anyways, he, he's on there and had the worst finisher of all time, which was the claw, and he just grabbed your head. <laughs> it was so stupid. Yeah,
1: because nobody else would trust him to do yeah. any oh, other kind awful, of wrestling oh, move because he oh. was so bad in the it ring. It was
2: stiff as a board. So, anyways. He's on mine, um, and I'm sure there's a few others we might have missed. But uh, but like no, Great I,
1: Collie. Let's let's just make sure. Oh, to shit. How bad yeah, Great Collie Collie.
2: Was. But the thing about him, he he might t- take the cake because they tried to push him for a long time. They need a I, more heavyweight champion. I, I, oh,
0: I do not think. Our, our our fan base in India is going to agree with us on that yeah, statement. You're by probably the way, they right. may, so. may
1: not, but whatever whatever work he was doing over in India did not translate yeah. when he came to the WWE.
2: Um, I think the first qualification to be a
0: wrestler is you have to be able to walk, and he struggled with that attribute. But he's, and, and that's that's that whole being a giant thing. And again, you know, this is where Vincent Kennedy thinks he can show the world that he's the best at you know, putting out fantastic giants, but they mm-hmm. missed the mark again yeah. because Lee yeah. did some damage. So, and, and then he came in and didn't do damage and became kind of that sophomoric, boring, not nothing too, too great. By the way, I know we talked about Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid earlier. He's absolutely in, in that, that mid card, if not potential hall of famer. Uh, I know there was some discussion back and forth about that, but he was the self-proclaimed ruler of the world.
2: Mm-hmm. I and am he the had,
0: ruler of the world. It was cool. He had, cool. He had one of the cool. most amazing power bombs. Just, just flat out, it was. He would lift you almost ten feet in the air before you came back down. Mm-hmm. Right, but one last thing about Psycho Sid he was the if you saw on the tiktok can you smell it can you smell the fear to me that was the beginning of can you smell what the rock is cooking i mean that's a
1: that's a reach but uh okay we'll we'll let you have that one because this is your
2: episode today bobby it is so <laughs> i thought this was great we could keep going but let's
0: wrap it up bobby bobby stone send us home man Hey, uh, this was nothing but fantastic all the way. Um, I wanted to, we were gonna we could play the game a different day, but I will say some network nuggets that we need to get in there. Um Mike, you mentioned in, um the true giants documentary on mm-hmm. on the network. I I agree with that hundred percent. Um table for three. It was uh, a twenty-minute quick, uh, quick thing with Kane, Big Show, and Mark Henry. They had some really cool stories there. Um, there was a Legends uh, roundtable where Sergeant Slaughter, Mean Gene, um, Michael Hayes, yeah, and Jr. all talk about their favorite giants, and it is fantastic to watch. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Yokozuna the WWE icons and one more. There's a WWE countdown. If you want to talk about some of the top 10 that we were just, uh, going through imposing big men, yeah. all of which you can find on the network and know what we were talking about this whole show. Cause they had some really cool stuff on them. Uh, so awesome. Do you, uh, I think that's, that's about it, boys. I am looking forward to, next week's episode which we don't know what that's going to be yet so we're gonna keep you all in uh in waiting until next time boys we now return your perception of reality to you until next time